So this evening, I am going to talk for a little while because uh, what we're doing this evening is a uh, fire sacrifice, uh, which is performed for uh, Brahminical or second initiation. Over here on my right hand side, if you look this way, is uh, Kula Pradeep Prabhu, who's been an initiated disciple of mine since like about 2000, huh? 2000. He's taken his time and <laughs> now he's uh, been in your congregation for some time and has recommended to me for second or Brahminical uh, initiation. Um, Prabhupada did this system of first and second initiation. The first initiation where people get a spiritual name and take vows to follow the four regulative principles and chant 16 rounds a day. And then after some time, at least a year, could be longer, whatever, ready to, for a second or Brahminical uh, initiation, uh, in which uh, the way we're going to do it is after the fire sacrifice for this initiation, We'll go around back and then I'll give him the uh, Brahma Gayatri uh, and other mantras which are um, not spoken aloud. Uh, they're chanted silently. And so uh, this initiation of these mantras is done privately. It could be done uh, in front of everybody with, uh, with uh, cloth over our hands and stuff like that. But uh, given our... Uh, crowds here, we'll do it uh, separately. Uh, and so these, we have different uh, uh, mantras that are Gayatri. Gayatri means 24 syllables. And there's the famous, well-known Brahma Gayatri. But we also have a Guru Gayatri, Gora Gayatri, and Kama Gayatri, uh, uh, plus a few other mantras that uh, once one received Brahminical initiation, they're chanted Trisandhya. Uh, three times a day, you sit down and chant these mantras uh, at Brahma Bhukurta around sunrise, uh, at noontime, and at sunset. Uh, chanted three times a day. Uh, when I was a new devotee, uh, uh, people sort of thought of the first initiation as the real initiation. Uh, and the Gayatri is a kind of formality, but when I received the Gayatri uh, initiation, uh, very, very powerful. And it really, really helps in one's spiritual advancement uh, to chant these mantras and to also study and learn about them. Uh, and as I said, it's formidable for, for people in Iskand who want to do formal deity worship on the altar they need to receive these 
the dietary initiation uh, and to do fire sacrifices and other things like that. Uh, actually, I mean, the, the, just the Hare Krishna mantra, if you chant it purely, can take you back to Godhead. There's no need for the Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur because he was a Muslim, basically. Never received the Gayatri mantras, but the Hare Krishna mantra took them all away. But the Gayatris help you chant the, the Hare Krishna mantra and help aid in uh, purification. And uh, so that's our, our, our system is these first and uh, second uh, initiation, the Brahminical initiation. A uh, controversial thing to do, I mean, when Prabhupada went back to India with his Western disciples and we were wearing uh, sacred uh, Brahminical threads, the hereditary Brahmanas in India, some of them got quite upset by it. Uh, it was very interesting, I mean, when our predecessor Bhaktivinoda Thakur would give people who wanted to become uh, disciples of his and they had Brahman threads because they, you know, the age of uh, 14 or something, they, they received a Brahminical initiation as a matter of a caste practice. He had them take off their threads to show that a Vaishnava is transcendental even to a Brahmana. Brahmana is a mode of goodness and Vaishnava is transcendental. But then uh, Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati started giving Gayatris to everybody to show that a, that a Vaishnava is at least a Brahmana. So, uh, different practices are there. Uh, but anyway, this is our practice. Uh, and uh, there's a few things we should... Uh, 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 to, to be a Brahmana means that uh, one should be in the mode of goodness. Uh, generally, a, a, a Brahmana is a person who is in the Sattva Guna characterized by Sattva-guna, Kshatriya, Raja-guna, uh, Vaisha, mixture of Raja and, and, and Tamil and Shudra is Tamil-guna, mode of ignorance or mode of darkness. So by one's mode of nature. And, but by chanting Hare Krishna, anyone can chant Hare Krishna, the effect of chanting successfully is that one should see the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance decrease and the mode of goodness come into prominence. That should be a first symptom. That is to say, Prabhupada used, said in a lecture once to devotees that are practicing, are lust and greed and anger disappearing? Are they decreasing? If they're not, you're doing something wrong. So that should be a sign of the, 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 the potency of the Hare Krishna mantra. If you're chanting it properly, you should see that these things of the mode of passion, lust and greed, they decrease. Anger is the mode of ignorance, laziness, sleep, procrastination, all these signs are mode of ignorance. So when you get initiated in the Hare Krishna mantra, we take vow, we don't take, we don't eat meat, fish, or eggs, we don't take any intoxication. You should start to see that the mode of ignorance is decreasing. Because if you want to understand the spirits, you have to become spiritual. 
To people, they, their realm of spiritual perception is closed to them because they don't know how to go about it. A, a, Prabhupada remarked once, he said that in the former times, the standard of advancement of civilization was the mode of goodness. Now the standard of advancement is the mode of passion. How much money do you make? That's how advanced you are. Our presidential candidate, Mr. Trump, he brags how much money he has. He's a successful American because he has a lot of money. America has that much to offer economic development. That's the Vaisha activity. Prabhupada, once Prabhupada, I was with him, he told some reporters, he said, in your country, he said, he said the, the reporters asked him, why have you come to America? And he said, because he liked to do things like this to reporters, I have come to give you a brain. <laughs> he said, your society is headless. And then he explained that just like our body, we have a head, arms, belly, and legs. So the social body has head, arms, belly, legs. The head is the brahmanas, those people who can see the truth who know what the truth is and can bring it to bear on practical activities and therefore give guidance, those are the brahmanas. The kshatriyas are to protect. Government is supposed to be kshatriyas, who protect society, brave people who support the, guided by the brahmanas, know how to protect and guide society. Then the Vaishas are like the belly. They, they make food and produce and stuff like that, economic development. And then the laboring the Shudras are the legs, so head, arms, belly, legs. He said, your society is headless. And he said, actually, in your society, everyone is a Shudra and there are a few Vaishas. We have not seen real Brahmanas we have not seen even real kshatriyas. My father was a professional army officer. I grew up in a military environment, and that's true. We haven't even seen real kshatriyas. Most of them are just interested in, well, helping out with the defense industry. The Vaishyas run the army. Anyway, so, Prabhupada has come to give us a brain to give Vaishyas, uh, excuse me, to give Brahmanas who can guide the rest of society uh, properly. That was his idea. So Brahmanas can see the truth. Uh, people, most people are nihilistic. We can't know anything. All we can know is that we know nothing. We have science which is supposed to tell the truth. It changes every year. What today is the truth of science, tomorrow will be yesterday. Yeah, we used to think, but now we know. And what we know now is tomorrow's we used to think. It's speculation, and it's not very much good at giving us real guidance. 
Because people don't know how to find the truth. So here's how you find the truth. This is a Brahmana. I'm reading this description of what a Brahmana is from Bhagavad Gita, <coughs> chapter 18, text 42. Krishna describes the Brahmana. Shamas, Damas, Tapa, Socha, Shantir, Arjava, Evacha. Jnana Vijnanam Astikyam Brahma Karma Sabhavaja. He says, the translation, uh, peacefulness, self-control, austerity, purity, tolerance, honesty, knowledge, wisdom, and religiousness, these are the natural qualities by which the Brahmanas work. So these words are a little hard in English. Shama, Dhamma. Uh, uh, throughout the Bhagavatam, Shama, uh, which is here peaceful, is, is control of the mind. Dhamma, control of the senses. If you have Shama and Dhamma, you're not a good consumer. You will not spend money on all kinds of unnecessary things. Peacefulness, control of the mind, means that, 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 that your mind can focus on the ultimate goal of life. You're not attracted by all these different nonsense things. And Dhamma, control of the senses. Tapaha, austerity. Where are people learning austerity? Where is that a virtue? Then, boy, the consumer society is really screwed, so to speak, if you are practicing austerity. But these are the natural qualities of a Brahman, attracted to austerity. Attracted to, because under these conditions, and then socham, purity or cleanliness, bathing three times a day, rising early. Cleanliness of the body, cleanliness of the mind, cleanliness of the senses. No market for pornography here. Krishanti uh, is tolerance. Krishanti. That's the other thing that's mentioned. That means the real meaning of Krishanti is not being disturbed even when there's every reason to be disturbed. You can remain calm. You don't flip out. No internet trolls are here. Arjavan, honesty, literally it means straight, not crooked. And, and revolution, Prabhupada said about their cleanliness, he said, revolutionarily clean, that clean. People don't even know what cleanliness is anymore. But we've been uh, uh, taught how to do things in a clean way. Just like, you know, he taught us how to drink water. You take water like this, you don't put the cup to your mouth, you go. That's clean. Simple things. People don't know in this country that's how you do it. This is a small example. Then, because of these qualities, jnanam vijnanam astikyam. Jnana means knowledge. And, and that means direct spiritual perception. And therefore, vijnanam means 
Knowledge means information that is contained in the Vedas. The word Veda, people think about these are scriptures. Script, what kind of scriptures? Scriptures of the Hindu religion. But that's not what the word Veda means. It means knowledge. They are simply books of knowledge. And they describe not only the material world, but the spiritual world. That you're aham uh, brahmasmi, I am Brahman, I am spirit. The corollary is I am not matter, therefore I am not this body. That my welfare and my existence has, goes beyond this body. And how to care, how to actually care for the spiritual value of life. People don't know how to do this. So the Vedas give us this instruction and it's actual knowledge. And vidyana means experience knowledge, realize knowledge. The word vidyana can be translated as science. When Prabhupada first came to America, he went to MIT and he said to the people at MIT, you have so many departments of knowledge here, why don't you have a department of the soul? These are professors and graduate students. Why? Because that's, oh yeah, we, knowledge, yeah, sure, we can make computers, we can do metallurgy, but the soul, is there a science? That's not, that's religion. But Prabhupada, you know, though we have one book of his, The Science of Self-Realization. We've got this compartment over here's science and here's religion. No, this is science. Just because you don't know how it's done. You call it religion or mystical or something like that. No, it's a science. Science means there's procedure you can follow, you can get the results and you can confirm them. Other people have done it and they say, this is our experience. And one of the first things we learn in the science is that knowledge depends upon sattva, goodness. So where our standard of advancement and mode of passion, nobody will have access to this knowledge. They just don't know how. And for that reason, the other thing that's happened when you become situated in the mode of goodness is you become happy. The Bhagavad Gita says, the result of the mode of goodness is happiness. Our standard of advancement this is the mode of passion. And what does Krishna say in the Bhagavad Gita is the result of the mode of passion. Anybody remember? It says it quite clearly. Misery. Because the mode of passion, you feel, you fuel your material desires. And they burn like fire. This is Krishna's description. And it's never satisfied. You just can't get enough. If your mode of passion, you want money, you get, okay, you get a, you got five billion dollars now, what do you want? Now you're satisfied? Gotta have more. How many condominiums do you own? And then you go from this one and this one, and you're miser miserable in this condominium, and you're miserable in that condominium. And so Lord, let me give you one that doesn't go for $20 million, but $50 million at the top of the highest building in Manhattan, and I'm still miserable there. Everywhere I'm miserable. 
this is, this is our advancement. And so the result of the mode of passion is misery, and therefore you take to it drugs and intoxication. You can't live without alcohol. You can't live without cocaine. You can't live without... And this is what happened. And then, what's the biggest problem in America? They're finding out that, you know, middle-class white men are dying at an incredible rate. Why are they dying? Because of intoxication. Because they're miserable. Anyway, this is not as a human society. So Prabhupada said, I've come to give you a brain. So Gyanam Vigyanam, you actually have experienced knowledge of spiritual reality. That I am a spirit soul, I am not this body. And what is the nature of spirit? Sat Chit Ananda. That I am eternal. Chit, my consciousness is clear and expanding. And Ananda is bliss. We want those things. We want eternal life, full of knowledge, full of bliss. Where are we trying to get it? Here in a place where everything is temporary. What's the death rate? We've got so much progress. What's the death rate in America? It's the same as it's always been, 100%. 100% death rate here. All our medical progress, you're just high-tech dying now, huh? With a lot of medical insurance paying the doctors. Anyway. You've solved the death problem. You want to be happy? Solve the death problem. Solve the disease problem. We get rid of one disease, another one comes along. And then we get this kind of disease that's called iatrogenetic diseases. You know what the iatrogenetic means? It comes from the Greek word for physician, iatros. means disease caused by doctors. Iatrogenetic diseases. Don't like to talk about it, but... So, this is the path to actual happiness. Yanam Vigyanam Astikyam. Astikyam means that you understand, you accept the, the, the Vedas. You're faithful to this path of knowledge. You can learn it and you can teach it to others. Brahma Karma Sabhavajam. This is the nature of the, of the Brahmana that. Uh, Prabhupada described a Brahmana once uh, that can learn anything and teach anything. He described Vedic culture in the olden days that a, a, a Brahmana, a, a Brahmana, by the way, the way they are supposed to live is simply on donations. There was a culture like that that a Brahmana, they didn't put themselves out for hire. Uh, their idea was that they simply uh, uh, they had sat-karma uh, their uh, basically activities of life uh, uh, that they uh, 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 the sat-karma that uh, they become very learned scholars patana and teachers. You can learn anything and teach anything. Patana, patana. You can learn anything, teach anything. Yajana, yajana. You perform worship or 
like this little act, act sacrifice here, go and teach others. And uh, uh, pratigraha, they're supposed to live on donations. You never charge the fee. A brahmana would simply go to some village and sit down. Oh, there's a nice brahmana. People send their children, teach them the alphabet, how to do. Not charge any tuition. In the old days, India meant free education for everybody. And the brahmana wouldn't ask for any money, but the people would say, oh, here's a nice brahmana, he's teaching our children. Here's some cloth, here's a place to live. They just live on charity, not ask for anything. And dana, if they got more than they needed, they give it away. This was culture. You didn't have to go to a university and get a salary. You know, once you got a, once you take a salary, according to Vedic standard, that means you're a shudra. Anyone who gets a paycheck is a shudra. So we're all shudras, except for me, and I'm poor. <laughs> so this is. This is, this is Vedic culture. So our idea of doing this, that Prabhupada's idea was to reestablish this Vedic culture all around the world. It's a hard thing to do. People are resistant. They don't appreciate these values. They think, you know, that what we are teaching is some kind of mythology, that, that it's a science. And I, one reason, let me just say one last thing about this science. Is, is we take these vows that Prabhupada, even for first initiation in one of these vows, uh, no eat, eating meat, fish, or eggs. No intoxication. No alcohol, no cigarettes. Caffeine, all these things that people are addicted to, they can't live without it. No intoxication. Uh, no illicit sex. You want to avoid it as much as possible. Sex and marriage for procreation of children. Can you imagine? No illicit sex. No illicit sex. And then no gambling or speculative business enterprises. You notice all these things are increasing. Increasing. More and more. But these are our four regular principles. So people think then they, you know, oh look, you know, you got this religion that tortures you. You can't do this, you can't do that. Everything you want to do, you can't do. Because and they think these are principles of morality. But they're more than principles of morality. They are principles of knowledge. These are the things which makes direct Paresh Anubhava, direct experience of the divine possible. This is a science. And these create the kind of consciousness that makes spiritual perception possible. And those who practice it can actually see. They can begin to have some experience of Brahman, of Paramatma, and of Bhagavan. This is a science. And it's the highest good for most people. And actually, it's because of Lord Chaitanya, it's accessible to everybody. If you want it, you can have it. Normally, this one time in Vedic culture, only a small section of humanity was eligible for this. 
But there aren't really, in India, there are not really Brahmanas anymore. I heard about a sociological survey. At some college in South India, they looked at the Brahmana, the Brahmin boys who were graduated from this college. They never took up their occupations that were traditional. They're the smartest people. They went into information technology and science. The next smartest people, they went into business. The ones who were at the bottom of the class who barely passed, they became Bujaris <laughs> in the temple because they couldn't do anything else to make money. This is what's happened. Uh, India's lost that spiritual culture almost <coughs> entirely. So our idea is to revolve it. Uh, so uh, this knowledge depends upon goodness, sattva, and the knowledge is there. And our regulative principles are actually the principles of knowledge. And Prabhupada wanted people to practice this. To he described Bhagavatam as that when he brought it to America as to produce a revolution, a cultural revolution in society. And in this Kali Yuga, because of Lord Chaitanya, we can actually bring about this uh, 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 re revolution uh, of So that we can actually have real human society. People can graduate. People can, as Prabhupada put it, go back home, back to Godhead. Otherwise, people die in the mode. Ignorance, you take birth among the animals and plants. Uh, it's not, it's not, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not good. Uh, so we, we are, Practicing this Krishna consciousness, and it's doable. Just to take up the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra on a regular basis. I, like when I first, I was interested in Krishna consciousness, and somebody suggested that I had studied. I I was in graduate school actually. I was supposed to be a Brahmana, you know, and I was in I was in religious studies. Uh, uh, I had had three courses in Hinduism, all taught by Bengalis, actually. One of them, Swami Nikolananda, the Ramakrishna Mission in New York, was, uh, teaching at the University of Stalin. But it was all the, the Ramakrishna Mission version of, of Hinduism, impersonal. So I went to a, because I was curious, went to a Hare Krishna temple, and they gave us the idea of giving the sense of spiritual engagement. And that was a brand new idea to me because on the basis of impersonal philosophy you couldn't do this. And they suggested that you chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Engage your tongue. You want to purify it, engage your tongue, engage your sense of hearing. And I thought, let me try it. See what happens. I got a set of beads and somebody taught me how to chant Hare Krishna. I went home and started chanting just, just to see what would happen. And my material desires began to decrease. 
And at least I was convinced that uh, Buddha had said the truth when he said, material life is suffering, life is suffering. I believed it. I could see it. But life is suffering. He said, the cause of our suffering, our desires, our cravings, I believe that. He said, you should extirpate your desires. Well, I tried here and there, but not much success. This was the 60s and everybody was going crazy around me. So, but when I, so when I started chanting Hare Krishna, my desires began to decrease. I said, wow, it's really working. I couldn't believe it. And then I got scared. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I wasn't sure about the Hare Krishna devotees because they seemed a little far out to me. Uh, but anyway, it worked. I started chanting. And that's what I wanted. And then as I began to chant, and then I read Prabhupada's Isha Upanishad, and I thought, well, this is really solid, but not anyway. One thing led to another, here I still am. Uh, so I recommend this to everybody. And I recommend what, what Kula Pradeep is doing today, all of you should eventually be doing if you haven't done it yet. You come to this platform. This is how you will become happy. You can save yourself, you can save your family, you can save your friends, and you can save human society. Because without this, it's not going anywhere very auspicious. We are now been leading lives of excess, and we are starting to get the results of this excess. Material nature will force us to become more austere. And this is a culture where those things will come naturally and we will learn how to use everything in Krishna's service and therefore not commit these sins upon the earth that we have been perpetrating in the name of progress. What we call progress is not progress. Progress means spiritual progress. We are all headed off in the wrong direction. Unfortunately, India is going the same way as America in the name of progress. This is not good. So this Brahminical qualities, we need the Brahmins to guide and direct society. We know how to make Brahmanas and we need more people to do what's going on now today. So please pay attention and please start on this path. The devotees here in this temple can take every one of us step by step by step. You take one step, then you take the next step, then you take the next step, and the next thing you know, you're free from bondage, from material nature, and you are happy, and your whole life has a purpose, and you know how to save yourself, and you can help save the rest of society. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada.